0: Well, no new local cases were added to Taoyuan's hospital cluster on Tuesday, although officials did confirm one imported case. This was a Taiwanese man who was diagnosed with COVID in Mexico.
1: He returned to Taiwan on a medical charter flight. Also on Tuesday, officials reported on Taiwan's hazard pay program for healthcare workers.
2: He for relevant
3: medical staff, hazard pay was earmarked from the relevant special budgets. The basic structure is 10,000 NT per day for the physicians of COVID patients and 10,000 NT per shift for the nurses of COVID patients. Dedicated radiologists and full-time infection control staff each receive 10,000 NT a month. Over the course of last year, we dispersed 2.4 billion NT, nearly 2.5 billion NT,
1: in addition, Taoyuan's mayor says the city will give another 100,000 NT to healthcare workers infected on the job. The city will provide 30,000 NT to local care workers who are required to self-isolate. Travel agencies are rushing to make adjustments as public concerns grow over Taoyuan's hospital outbreak. One agency has ended all its trips to Taoyuan's metropolitan area starting January 28th.
0: Another is going ahead with its Taoyuan trips, but is offering customers the right to a refund or a place or a place on an alternative tour.
2: This Taoyuan Aquarium draws large crowds on weekends as it's considered a must-see tourist attraction, but with the hospital cluster spreading, the thought of going to Taoyuan makes some tourists uneasy.
3: Hello,
4: uh, right, to to
2: Amid COVID concerns, Shihong Travel Service has called off all group tours that stop at Taoyuan's urban attractions, effective January 28th. The cancellation doesn't affect visits to Taoyuan's mountainous areas, such as Lala La Mountain. People are
3: having a lot of concerns, so we made a decision internally and announced it. Tours from other cities and counties to Taoyuan will be restricted to day trips. During this period... We will not stop at attractions in urban areas. To support Taoyuan is to support Taiwan. As long as public health measures are implemented, Taiwan is extremely safe. There is no need to panic.
2: The transport chief said that avoiding Taoyuan was an overreaction, but rising public fears have put travel agencies in a tight spot. Tour has said it would refund or change the itinerary for travelers who no longer want to visit Taoyun. Lion Travel has left its tours unchanged, but it says that no one has signed up for the trips to Taoyun. What makes matters worse is new COVID rules on cruise tours. The Maritime Port Bureau says cruise ships can now only operate at two-thirds capacity to minimize infection risk.
0: International arrivals are pouring across the border, many of them Taiwanese expats returning home for Lunar New Year. They're quickly filling up quarantine hotels in Taipei, New Taipei, and Taoyuan, where the average occupancy rate is now above 80%.
1: Taoyuan's mayor says he expects the number of international arrivals to peak on Thursday. He said the city has already made preparations to meet the increased demand for quarantine space.
3: Once again, Taoyuan's airport is flooded with arrivals. Many are Taiwan expats rushing home for the Lunar New Year. Throughout last week, the number of arrivals was steady at about 1,000 a day. That figure spiked to 2,777 on Monday, and it's set to surpass 3,000 on Tuesday. The travelers are returning now so that they can meet with family on Lunar New Year's Eve, which falls on February 11th. Before that date, they'll be in mandatory home quarantine. The 14-day isolation rule has set a deadline of January 27th for holiday arrivals and it sent passenger numbers soaring
4: 确实来落实哦, 呃,
2: We will execute the policy fully to protect the gates of the nation from COVID. Besides requiring a nucleic acid test certificate, we will very explicitly require that they quarantine at a dedicated hotel or at home, one to a house, and they'll need to sign a pledge. If there is a violation, a heavy penalty will be imposed.
3: But quarantine rooms are already in short supply. Over just two days, quarantine hotels have reported some 4,000 new guests. Taiwan has 21,000 quarantine hotel rooms, about 60% of which are occupied. But in Taipei, New Taipei and Taoyuan, occupancy ranges from
2: 80 to 100%. We predict that the number of returning Taiwanese will peak on January 28th. The number of people in home quarantine will reach up to 8,000 people. Taiwan's Department of Civil Affairs has made preparations in advance. Regarding quarantine hotel rooms, we currently have a cushion of spare capacity.
3: The mayor said Taiwan was still in the position to cope with the incoming demand. Meanwhile, the civic group for Mosin Medical Union launched an appeal to overseas Taiwanese. It asked them not to return this year to prevent strain on Taiwan's medical system. As the hospital cluster expands... Tech
1: firms in northern Taiwan have announced work from home orders. HTC has asked employees residing in Taoyuan not to come into the office. It's also having just 50% of employees at its Xingdian facility go in each day.
0: Honghai, which is headquartered in New Taipei's Tuzhen, has also launched work from home for employees living in Taoyuan. Those who commute across cities have been transferred to their local offices. Silicon substrate maker Kinsys Interconnect Technology and home appliance maker Haran have, have socially distanced their workforce by dividing workers into teams and stationing them, uh, each team, at a different office location. Since the start of the pandemic, Taiwan has leveraged its technology prowess to strengthen its COVID response.
1: With the epidemic still spreading, Taiwan is pushing virtual health care as a way for medical professionals to reach more people safely. For Mosa News reporter, Stephanie Yang finds out more.
4: Taiwan is formally adding telemedicine to its health care system. This year, for the first time, telecare is included in the national health insurance system. 50 health centers in underserved communities can apply to take part in the first phase of the rollout. In this phase, patients in rural communities will be able to receive remote care from eye, skin, and ENT specialists. The program will be gradually expanded in the future. Through
3: the development of telemedicine, we can improve the efficiency of medical treatment, reduce contact, and improve the accessibility of medical care. In addition, the improvement of the quality and efficiency of care through the development of digital health smart medical care can also reduce the burden of manpower and unnecessary contact. This is a very important key
4: to success in preventing the epidemic. To support the growth of telecare, Taiwan needs to put the legal and technological infrastructure in place. He says that in the years to come, the government will push to make the future of public health more digital.
3: As we head into the second wave of the epidemic, digital health and virtual care will become the main focus in medical care in the future. The next step is combining the strengths of Taiwan's ICT industry with the medical system and adjusting regulations to achieve a good
4: model. The deputy health minister was speaking at a Taipei forum on the future of health care held by the Foundation of Medical Professionals Alliance. The forum brought together healthcare care professionals who are pioneers in digital health and remote care. So, for example, like the COVID-19, the chest X-ray interpretations, and then we have the use. This is a deep neural network DNN, and then the chem together to differentiate the pneumonia and the COVID-19 pneumonia difference. So therefore this is already up to, their sensitivity up to 90%, and apply not only in Taiwan and also in the some uh, country outside Taiwan. Last year, technology played an important role in Taiwan's medical response to COVID-19. With no end to the pandemic in sight, the use of smart healthcare will only continue to grow. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Yan Wenqian in Taipei.
0: Taiwan's birth rate continued its descent last year, hitting an all-time low of seven births per 1,000 people. But one small county bucked the downtrend to post the highest birth rate in the nation.
1: That county is Zhanghua, where the birth rate jumped to 9.53 births per 1,000. What's accounting for Zhanghua's baby boom? We hear from experts who break it down.
3: I have two daughters and a son, and I'm a homeowner.
2: These days, families with three children are a rare site in Taiwan, but they might be easier to come by in Zhanghua. According to one real estate broker, it's common here for older adults to help their grown children buy a home.
3: Older adults have a more traditional mindset, which is that they think they have the ability to help their children with the down payment.
2: This man is Mr. Huang, who works in construction. He has an even bigger family with four daughters and one son. Having experienced the difficulties of making a home, he says he is willing to help his children with their mortgages. Jianghua County has a strong traditional industry sector with many established small and medium enterprises. In Yuanlin City alone, there are more than 700 people with at least 100 million in in savings. Could the wealth of grandparents have an effect on the number of grandchildren?
3: The birth rate did go up last year. For example, in December 2020, it was 30% higher year on year.
2: According to data from the Ministry of the Interior, the highest birth rates in Taiwan in 2020 were recorded in Zhanghua, Taoyuan and Ponghu. In these areas, the average home price is relatively affordable at 100,000 to 200,000 NT per ping. Scholars say that could be a factor in the decision to have kids.
3: In addition to Zhanghua's baby bonus of 30,000 NT per child, local governments have incentives of their own. Zhanghua's mature climate for small businesses and stable job opportunities are What attract young adults?
2: Excluding the six special municipalities, Jianghua County is the seventh most populous administrative district in Taiwan. Here in Jianghua, the pressures of modern life still exist, but it may be just a little easier to start a family.
1: In this chilly season, everyone is looking for tricks to keep
0: warm. Now engineers at the Industrial Technology Research Institute have developed a smart heated scarf that will keep your upper body at the perfect temperature automatically.
3: In the depths of winter, sometimes a mere heat pouch or a hot drink just won't cut it. It's easy to forget that keeping your neck warm is a vital strategy. Yichui has produced a smart heated scarf that will have your nape toasty within seconds of pressing on.
5: As soon as I put this scarf on, in three seconds, I feel my neck heating up. Another really important feeling is easing of muscle tension. Scanning the scarf with an infrared
3: sensor, you can see how red-hot it is, about 40 degrees Celsius. The unassuming garment is made of eco-friendly nanomaterials in electrical heating fabric with an insulation layer on top. It can get up to 52 degrees, and the heating element produces infrared radiation with therapeutic properties, reducing neck and shoulder pain. Unlike a throwaway heat pouch, it can be washed in water and reused.
5: It has a heating chip in it, which automatically emits a set amount of heat at regular intervals, providing heat when it's cold. Also, its manufacture makes it washable. That won't affect its functionality.
3: There is a range of styles to choose from, and the scarves are suitable for adults and children alike.
1: The green iguana is an invasive species that has devastated Taiwanese crops since it was introduced. The one master hunter from Hualien's Jian Township is leading a team to bring them under control.
0: Yang Guangfu, chief of an army's village, has found the perfect use for, uh, uh, for his mastery of the art of slingshot.
5: A bottle of water is blown off its pedestal. This man could hit a bullseye blindfolded. Yang Guangfu Fu, is the chief of an armist village in Hualien's Ji'an Township. For the last six months, he's devoted himself to the Slingshot Brigade, a group of local hunters ridding the community of the scourge of invasive green iguana. <todic�> green iguanas are agile and aggressive creatures who like to live near rivers. They're vigilant and flee at the slightest alarm. Young creeps up on them very gingerly, before striking as soon as they're within range. He never misses. The iguanas are knocked out, and later awaken,
4: trussed up.
3: You have to hit them on the head with a steel ball to knock them out. Generally, we capture them with a rope
5: and a lasso and pull them in. For many indigenous Taiwanese, knocking some prey unconscious is a standard hunting technique animals killed outright might start to decay, while they're carried back to the village. But not animals bound up. That makes the slingshot an invaluable weapon and Young is the best slingshot master in his tribe, with certification from an international slingshot association. I was promoting the art of the
3: slingshot, and somehow or other, I got into hunting iguanas. To have developed this out of our slingshot arts is really a very good, very healthy activity. Every year, we get two or three random individuals. There are no wild colonies, so for now, there are no schemes to reward their removal. Although the brigade do
5: their work for free, they get the satisfaction of helping the community and honing the traditional skills passed down from their ancestors.
0: Although Taiwan's history goes back many hundreds of years, only one pre dynasty, non-indigenous route uh, through the mountains is still preserved.
1: That's New Taipei's Taoling Historic Trail, a firm favorite among serious hikers and day trippers. If you're looking for a family-friendly outdoor holiday this spring, be sure to consider this East Coast Jam.
3: Led by a hiking guide, we come to Taoling Historic Trail, the most historically significant mountain trail on the northeast coast. This is the only pre Preaching Dynasty trail preserved in Taiwan. Reaching just 616 meters at the peak, it's perfect for less practiced walkers. Following a series of stone steps, hikers pass between lush trees that cast a dappled light over the trail, even in winter. The sense of nature and all around are one of the most relaxing parts of the trip. The trail is famous for its silver grass, which is at its most beautiful in winter. You can still see plenty in January, a romantic foil to the verdant forest.
5: Justin. This to the
3: the when you reach the tiger inscription rock, you know you're almost at the top. Here from Yako observation deck, you can gaze out at the azure sea rolling away to the horizon. Most people set out from Gong Liao, climb the peak, and then carry on downhill toward Yilan. This hiking group leader with a bamboo basket on her back is working hard all the way, picking up rubbish.
5: I'm helping clean the mountain, looking out for rubbish along the path, or bits of paper which I can pick up. It is also providing environmental education, and we're promoting the trail. We want to have a cosy environment that more people can come and enjoy. It's good for young and old. Everyone can walk here, because I think it's very relaxed. For example, at the start there are those stone steps, but after you've got over that, it's all a very gentle path. The trail
3: is 10 kilometers long, and compared to other historic trails, the path is very gentle and the peak not too hard to scale. If you're disappointed about missing out on overseas mountain trips this year, why not give New Taipei a try? A perfect family day trip in the making.